in Romans chapter 12. You don't need to turn there. I'm just going to read this real quickly. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, a, a gift, an offering, your body, your life. It's to be holy and pleasing to God. The way you worship in this hour is to be holy and pleasing to God. The way you rest this afternoon is to be holy and pleasing to God. The way you get up and go to work or begin your chores for the day is to be holy and pleasing to God. The way you make decisions, the way you respond, the way you have fun, the way you hurt, every bit of that is to be holy and pleasing to God. How you live. Because that is your spiritual worship. That's what worship is. Folks, I want to take a moment today and, and look at that word. I'm taking a little one-week break uh, from the, the great stories of the Bible. We're going to be back in it next week. We're going to look at Moses and the burning bush. You look forward to that story? I do. That's a great story. Uh, we're going to be there next week. But kind of felt led today that, that I want to stop and think about worship for a moment. And I think, you know, if, if we were kind of pressed in a corner and really had a moment to stop and think about it, we know that worship is bigger than we probably tend to think about it. Because I think when we're not really thinking, we're not pressed in the corner, we just kind of quickly respond, we think worship is that three songs we sing before the pastor gets up. That, that's, what, that's what worship is. Or we may expand it just a little bit and we may say, well, this whole hour, the 11 o'clock hour, you know, I, I, I came to the worship service today. What would you do yesterday? Oh, we went to worship. We, we, we tend to think of this hour as worship. And, and those songs we sing certainly are part of worship. This hour is a, a big part of worship. But folks, in no way, shape or form is what goes on in a particular building at a certain hour the summation, the definition of worship. Our lives are to be worship. What do we mean by this? Our whole life to be a song? Well, yeah, actually it is. You stop and think about it, folks. It's pretty amazing how much the word sing and song appears in Scripture. Our lives are to be a song. We are to constantly, continually be singing. If you are a spirit-filled Christian, you sing. That's not my opinion. That's the opinion of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and following. Check it out. If you are filled with God, you sing. If you have a problem singing, it might be something you want to think through. So our lives, everything we do, when we say worship, what do we mean? It means our life is expressing just how much God is worth. His worthiness, His greatness the way we sing, the way we make decisions, the way we treat people, the way we relate to people, the way we deal with problems, the way we deal with successes. Every bit of that in my own heart and soul and, and to people who are around me, family, friends, watching, every bit of that should be expressing the greatness of God. What we do in this hour should be just an exclamation point on the week we just lived. As you come in here today, you, you've just lived seven days from last Sunday. And you had some ups, you had some downs, you praised God, you thanked God, you sought to live for God. You sought that this past week express the worth of God. And as you come in here today, this hour is an exclamation point on that week. 
But we don't just have a week behind us. We also have a, a week in front of us. And so we come into this hour and we we hope we pray this hour inspires, it motivates, it encourages us to head back out into this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. I need this hour to remind myself my life's to be about worship. And, And so we head back out there into this week thinking about how can everything I do express his worth. So this hour exclamation point on one week and a kickoff for the next week with all of it being centered around one word. Worship. First Corinthians 10, 31. Everything you do, do it to the glory, to the glory, to the expression of God's greatness. Now, we do want this hour to be a pretty pivotal part in how you think back over this past week or how you look forward to the week ahead. Worship is a big part of what Colonial Heights Baptist is all about. So I'm going to ask uh, Dale, where'd he go? Right over here, sitting with the middle schoolers, found his IQ level and got right down to it. No, I shouldn't say that. They're Actually, smarter than they're you, aren't much they? Smarter. <laughs> I would never want to go on. Are you I've smarter asked, than a fifth grader? Uh, <laughs> I've asked Dale to come up here and, and just kind of to share and to talk with us. We call him, uh, and you may be new to our church. We've had a lot of folks join in the last couple of months. You may think Dale's been a a long-time fixture here, isn't he? Isn't he? Hasn't uh, he's just been with us a couple of months? I hope to uh, be. It, well, of course. I hope to be. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I see you here being many more months. Um, but uh, we call you a, a our, our worship leader. Now, I, you know, I had a Cub Scout leader. I knew where he was taking me. I've had a running leader. I knew where he was taking me. Where does a worship leader take people? What, what What does that mean? Talk to us about what you do. I think my calling uh, as a worship leader is, uh, uh, is twofold. One, to be a, a worshiper just like you, mm-hmm. a, to, a, a passionate follower of Christ, as Pastor said, uh, eat, living each day for Christ. Uh, my specific calling in my life is to lead us in our praise time of worship on, on Sunday mornings, bringing uh, the musicians together, the instrumentalists, the vocalists, um, all that, that goes into our experience on sun, uh, Sunday morning, bringing that together and uh, hopefully um, leading us to a place where we recognize the presence of God in this place and prepare us for uh, a moving of His Spirit through the teaching of His Word. Really, worship, as, as Pastor said, is, is so much more. Uh, we, we put it in the box of music, but it's so much more... Uh, of, of our lives, but in, in the context of the worship experience, I, I, I think really um, the main part of what we do as worshipers is when we go to open uh, open the word. So really, Pastor, you're the you're the worship leader. I'm I'm the uh, worship coordinator, praise song heister, tune leader. You're, you're making that up. They have. They, you're, you're I've been called lots of things, actually. <laughs> but where did you where, where did you? Okay, you just told us a little bit of what you do. Where does your mindset, your kind of your philosophy of what you do, where did that come from? Foundationally, from from the scriptures, uh, I think we need to look at uh, scriptures in uh, Old Testament and New Testament. We find many, many examples uh, of how we should worship, how people did worship. If you uh, look uh, with me, I have a couple scriptures that I've asked the, the media people to put up. And, and I said this in the first service, and I'll say it in all three services. Uh, I praise the Lord for our media team and those that volunteer in that ministry. Uh, they are unsung heroes. They are some of the most gifted people in this entire church, and they really 
enhance our experience on Sunday morning. But and we take, never see them. We never they're, see they're them. They're behind walls. That, they don't want to be seen. <laughs> they're back there. Come on out. No, everything will collapse. Um, but uh, take a moment and look at this in First Chronicles. Uh, Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he's done. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, and the gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. And then it goes on to say, honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong, and give to the Lord the glory he deserves. And now bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. And then we move ahead to Colossians uh, 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And then, of course, we could go through uh, many, many of the psalms. But I'm having to put up Psalm 150. And it says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. And praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise him for his unequaled greatness. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. And that is in the Bible. (laughs) Praise him with the strings and the flutes. Praise him with the clash of the cymbals. And this may be some of you. Praise him with the loud clanging cymbals. Some of you may uh, praise with the clanging Let everything that breathes, everything that can make music, everything that creates a sound, sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. So foundationally, that's that's, uh, my desire, to see us as a church come into his presence and give him praise that he's so worthy of. Yeah. Dale, I'd like to hear a little bit about, you know, when when we worship, folks, you worship out of who you are. I mean, worship can be different from all of us. I think our, our background, our experiences, what we've, what we've been through with God, what we've lived with God becomes a part of our understanding of how we express worship. Uh, some of that worship comes out of great victories. Some of that worship comes out of hurt and suffering. And, and so I think in, in some respects we understand worship by understanding the person. And again, a little bit as our worship leader, I'd like us to understand a little bit more, a little bit better about you and how God developed your life and how, how worship has become an extension of that. So give us a little bit of your background. I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version and try to hit the, hit the high points. Um, as Pastor said, we, we are, uh, and, and praise the Lord, God has put us all together differently. You know, he, he created us in his image, but he gave us different personalities, different gifts, and, and different talents. Uh, I, would, I would be very, very fearful of what this world would look like if everybody was put together the same way I was. It would be scary. And I agree. Aaron can testify. <laughs> uh, but, and I praise the Lord for the way he put her together because uh, she is a, she's like a, uh, uh, a hedge of protection around me telling me when to stop and when to go, and she's probably telling me to stop right now. Uh, but yeah. she gave me the high sign. Well, uh, I tell you, I grew up in uh, Wichita, Kansas, uh, in, in a loving Christian home, uh, had a great family that loved the Lord. We went, uh, attended a small, uh, I would call it a country church. It was just on the outskirts of town. We lived in the city, uh, but we went to this small country church that my folks had been a part of for a long time. 
uh, very traditional, uh, very, uh, uh, very family-oriented type church. Uh, at the age of 11, I prayed to receive Christ. It was a weekday revival service, and God spoke to me personally and said, I want you to be a child of mine. And, and, I, and I, I, I remember that day clearly, and I praise God for his love. I thank, I thank Jesus for saving me and, and putting me on the path of following him and living a life for him. Uh, later on in my teenage years, uh, met Aaron. Uh, we met at the age of 16 and 17. At that time, we thought we were extremely mature and uh, people realizing that, not realizing that we were still children. But a tragedy struck not soon after we met. Aaron's father passed away from pancreatic cancer. Um, and then three months later, her mother fell off a cliff on an archaeology dig and broke her neck and died instantly. And, uh, you know, I look back on that situation, and uh, we had just met and began dating and knowing all the, uh, her religious background, she came from a very devout Catholic uh, background, uh, her father probably would have never allowed us to date and, and never allowed us to come together. So I look at that not as uh, uh, saying, well, that was the purpose, but that's what came out of it. I knew God was bringing us together, and at the age of 19 and 20, we got married. Uh, I told the first service, I said, uh, kids, if you ever think about getting at, not married at 19 and 20, your parents uh, need to just kill you. That's it. Because that's a, uh, don't do it. But uh, now it was okay for us, uh, you know, because uh, we just we were in love. Uh, sh- shortly after that, uh, uh, two years later, we uh, began a family, uh, and and there was another trial and a struggle there. Uh, uh, Aaron had difficulty in carrying children to term. Our first son Brock was born three months early and passed away after two days of. Uh, traumatic events during the, pre- uh, the delivery. Not long after that, our son Eric was born. He was born four months early, uh, weighing one pound, six ounces, um, and had a very slim chance of living. Uh, doctor said if he did, he would probably be blind and have uh, psychological brain problems, and he had intestinal problems, had a large amount of intestines removed. And uh, five months later, he was released from the ho- hospital, and hopefully in this December, he will graduate from college, and his vision's great. He's able to drive, and he's such a blessing. I praise God for that. Yeah. Our prayer was amen, um, that God would allow him to survive and bring him glory. And my, my son's graduating with a church music degree and desires to follow the Lord as a worship pastor also. Not long after uh, uh, Eric was born, and when I say not long, we had all three children were born within a year and a half. Yeah, I heard a whistle over there. Yeah. That's uh, kind of hard to do yeah, the math it is, on. It is. They have to be early and close together. A <laughs> terrible combination. Uh, but Heather was t- two months early and spent some time in the hospital. And she, uh, she's actually followed in my footsteps in another way. I, I love to play golf. I played golf in college. And she is a professional golfer now. So uh, mm-hmm. just graduated from college. But, uh, you know, uh, God took all those events in my life to, to mold me and shape me, to depend upon him. My, my family uh, is uh, eclectic. Uh, my dad was married uh, when he was very, very young and had two children. I have an older half-sister and an older uh, half-brother, and my half-brother is Down syndrome. He's 55 years old, a uh, special needs child, and, and you would think, wow, that must have been a, a tremendous burden on your family and you, but I, I look back on that, and it's one of the greatest blessings uh, uh, to be a part of 
of my family and to experience Bobby and uh, the unconditional love that he gives and being, having the opportunity to, to love him. And, and Bobby will be moving here. Bobby, and hopefully, yeah, very yeah, soon. Yeah. They will be, be moving here, here and being a part of our church, hopefully yeah. by before the end of the year. Yeah. Tell me, tell us a little bit about your some of your uh, ministry background, education or churches you've been in, just part of what's developed you as a, as a worship leader. My story uh, of calling into the ministry is is rather unique. Uh, most people have a, uh, a a bright light experience, and, and the Lord audibly speaks to him, "Go into the ministry." Mine was happened on a Wednesday night business meeting in the Little Country <laughs> Church. Uh, when it came time to vote, we voted on everything, voted on the training director, who was going to drive the bus, who was going to do Sunday school, who was going to do this and that. Uh, it was like came to the worship director. And the man that had been leading was sitting on front. He'd been leading for probably seven years, I, I, I think. Um, and, and they said, nominations open for uh, music director. And somebody said, I nominate Dale Wilbur. Somebody said, I second that. Somebody said, I make a motion nomination. C, all in favor say, aye, aye. Dale, you're our new worship director. <laughs> and Aaron and I looked at each other, and I thought, I, I think that was a coup there or something. I'm not sure what happened. But the uh, pastor walked up after the business meeting, handed me a book that said um, uh, how to direct a choir, uh, and said, be ready for next Wednesday. <laughs> Was that worship for idiots? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> idiots in capital letters. Sunday morning, we had opening assembly before Sunday school. Y'all remember opening assembly? I went to opening assembly. They said, you need to lead a song. I said, okay. You got up there, and, and I was directing the song. Well, the song was in 3-4, and I was directing it in 4-4. Four, four. So every time it ended, my arm was up here and over there, and I was going, oh, my goodness. But that, it, that was my induction into leading music, all to say, my, I, I felt God's call on my life. I didn't know exactly what it was he wanted me to do, but um, I knew without a doubt he was calling me into ministry. And one of the steps that I needed to do to make that happen was to get training. So uh, when, when God called me, I, I remember praying this prayer, Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do it. And he said, okay, here we go. I want you to quit your job and I want you to go back to school to get the, the education that you need to be able to lead in church. And uh, Aaron and I took that step of faith. We sold our house. I quit my job, went back to college. We had babies at the time. He put several churches uh, in my path in Wichita that I was able to serve and gain some minimal experience, what I thought was great experience, what I realized later was, was helpful to get me started. After college, moved on to Fort Worth to Southwestern Seminary to get my master's in music, and God placed an incredible opportunity in my life, placed me in a church uh, Travis Avenue Baptist Church, which was uh, a really a foundational church in the community and close to the seminary. And, and I don't know if people know here, Travis Avenue in Texas was a, kind of one of the flagship churches of the state, one of the largest churches in the state at that time. It, it, uh, great, it was. Great church. 2,500 to 3,000 in worship, which back then was, was very substantial, early 90s. And God placed me in there. I, I, was, I went from this small church understanding of worship to a church that had a 240-voice choir, a 40-piece orchestra, a 100-voice youth choir, uh, an, an incredible depth and experience and talent, and God placed me right there as the associate pastor of worship. One of the incredible opportunities I had there was working with a man, Bill Pearson, who had been at the church over 30 years, and he was a wonderful man of God and an incredible mentor in my life 
taught me that there was more to ministry than music, more, than, uh, more to being a worship pastor than just leading the music. There was a, a lifestyle of worship to live and to have a heart for people and to listen to people and to, and to lead people. And he was so good at that, and I praise God for putting him in my life. I spent two and a half years there, and after I graduated, God moved me to Tennessee, which was a, a shock to our system, being from Kansas. Uh, people talked with a really big draw and ate a lot of turnip greens, which we weren't <laughs> used to. And, and the worst thing was the country ham. Uh, they gave us a country ham when we they, came. They eat that Is that here? here? Too. It was green and moldy, a big old, and you're like, oh, we love you here. <laughs> Soak it in Coca-Cola. It'll be fine. Uh, so a whole new lifestyle there, but very similar in the worship style of Travis Avenue, uh, led worship, standing behind a pulpit, no projectors, uh, tried to be cr- progressive with the choir. While I was at, uh, at that church, God uh, put an event in my life that really pulled and stretched me spiritually and musically, and that was the Promise Keepers event. I don't know if any of you men have been to Promise yeah. Keepers but uh, that, that was a, had a huge effect on my life uh, when, when I was young in the ministry. Uh, gathering together with 18,000 men in the George Dome, giving praise to God. There was a, a, a new movement of contemporary music coming along. The Maranatha singers from California led the worship. And to look around and seeing men being expressive in their worship, lifting hands, clapping, some kneeling on the floor, some laying on the floor, weeping as they gave their praise to the Lord. I thought, this is incredible. And God spoke to my heart and said, Dale, this is how I want you to lead. I want you to lead uh, with everything that you are. And, uh, you know, I, I found a, a couple verses in Scripture uh, in Second Samuel First uh, uh, Chronicles where David and the house of Israel were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of David. And it, it talks about the instruments that they were using. A lot of times we look at that and say, oh, these instruments can be used, or this is what they, they played on and sang with. But one of the key parts of that phrase, they, they sang with the, uh, the, the timbrel and the, 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 the drum and the flute. But they said David and the whole house of Israel worshipped with all of their might. They worshipped with all of their might. And I connect that with that event, and I think, Lord, do I worship you with all of my might, with everything that you've given me? Talking about the bad times and the good times, the blessings and the sorrows, but more than that, do I physically connect with what I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm thinking, with who you made me? Who, you gave me arms and legs and a mouth, and he... God created us in his image. He gave us laughter. He gave us joy and thanksgiving. So think about that as you worship. Do, do you worship God with all your might? I went back to that church and, and, and knew that, that, um, uh, that God was moving me on to uh, other areas of ministry. Uh, just stylistically, I needed to be at a place where I could further express what God had put on my heart to lead. And uh, the next three churches were absolutely fantastic. They, they, they gave me the opportunity to experience uh, different styles, uh, different situations. One thing unique about all three of those is that when I came to the churches, I was coming into churches that were hurting tremendously. The church I went back to in Texas, 
the, uh, the, the worship pastor there uh, left because they, he was having an affair with the pastor's secretary. The next church that I went to after that, I followed a man that was there 20 years, and he had, he'd been married a long time and had four children and was living a homosexual lifestyle. Uh, the, the church that I went to after that followed another man that was there 20 years, but he was in complete rebellion with the leadership of the church and the pastor and was causing great dissension amongst the flock. So God placed me in those places and gave me an opportunity to not only bring a, a, a freshness or an energy to the music, but he also gave me an opportunity to, uh, uh, to love on people and to, to, to direct them uh, mm. to the throne because they had been hurt deeply. Yeah. Well, Dale, you've been here now. Uh, four months. You got most of the boxes pa- unpacked and put away. <laughs> most of them, right? Most. <laughs> well, you, you've been here. You've been in our ministry and our worship and part of our staff and you're meeting people. What excites you right now as you're kind of here at the beginning of things? What, what is, as you, as you look out here at Colonial Heights Baptist and, and the future here, what excites you? One of the things that excites me the most is seeing this body of believers and the way they serve there's a, an incredible uh, sense of servanthood among this congregation. Uh, people acting out their faith, moving through their Christian walk by giving back to the Lord and, and, and using this church to, to reach out to the community. Uh, it goes without saying that uh, another thing that I'm excited about being here is that, that I've never had the opportunity to work uh, for a pastor who is such an incredible and gifted communicator of God's word. And I hope you as a church realize that and know that anointed is the word that I like to use. I don't want to make you feel all weird, but uh, God has anointed this man to teach his word, and and I'm extremely excited about that. Also, I'm extremely excited and and was and, and continue to be the fact that this church was very healthy in its worship ministry. Scott Perkins uh, had an incredible music ministry uh, and handed it off to me. And uh, there, there wasn't a major dysfunction in, 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 in that. And so that's been, that's been a real joy. And I'm, I'm extremely excited about the future and, and what this church can do and how it, it can impact this community for Christ. Yeah. Dale, you know, we got, you got a big room here, and it's, in one sense, it's a room of individuals. They have different names, different lives. They're, they're coming from different experiences and backgrounds, so we're, we're a large room of individuals. But at the same time, we're also one family, aren't we? We're, we're one body, so we're individuals, but we're a body. What, what's your goal for the individual? They walk through this door on Sunday morning. What's your goal for the individual, and, and what's your goal for, for us as a body? For the individual and for the body, uh, I think there's some similarities. Worship, uh, our, our praise part of the worship, we do that together as the body of Christ. But it really is an individual activity. You, you're responsible. Uh, you, are, uh, you are a worshiper. God's called you to be a worshiper. And uh, you need to do that in, in, in an individual sense. But we do it in unity as the corporate body of Christ. My goal for uh, both of those experiences is that we come into the presence of God, that we experience all that God has for us on uh, uh, Sunday morning, that, as you said earlier, uh, we come from a lifestyle, a week of of worship, of spending time in His Word, in prayer, in serving, 
and giving him thanks for the good things and thanks and praise in the trials. And we come together and collectively lift up our voice and experience God's presence. And then equipping us with his word and commissioning us to go out and to continue to serve and to worship him. Okay. And uh, I think you've also got a little bit of an announcement about Christmas, don't you? You were having Christmas. We, we are. are. December 25th this year? It, it is. It's gonna, <laughs> we're actually going to celebrate it early. Um, yes, we, uh, you know, we talked a while back. Starting this third service has been incredible. And uh, we, you heard the report earlier of how, how God is truly blessed. And uh, in the process of that, I, I, I felt overwhelmed in, in trying to, to pull something together. But again along the lines of, of this church and people that God has placed here and their gifts. He has brought together a team of people and, and that are excited about doing uh, something really wonderful. It's, it's not the pageant, but it's a, a musical drama presentation. Uh, it's it's going to be exciting and, and fresh. Uh, Julie Cox is, is going to be directing it for us this year. And I, I promise you it's going to be one of the most wonderful Christmas experiences you'll find. It's a story of life change and a story of, of finding room for Christ uh, at the end and in our hearts. And so we're hoping that this uh, event will change people's lives. Uh, we are going to sell tickets. They go on sale uh, the first part of November, I believe, and uh, we'll be doing four shows, so you'll want to be sure and get your ticket for that. And How about three and a half shows? Three and a half shows. Half a show belongs to Angel Tree. And uh, we'll have some other tickets that we'll be doing in there. As a matter of fact, we'll be announcing more about Angel Tree pretty soon. Some of you know what that is. Some of you don't know what I just said. But we'll be talking about that more later. I have to say that, that, that it, this kind of goes uh, hand in foot here. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I have ADHD. At least I, I had it very severely when I was young, and back before there was Ritalin uh, medications. And we, uh, we they beat just beat the ADHD out of you. <laughs> A boy just needs a beating is what he needs. And my mom would often just beat me first thing in the morning and say, that's for whatever you're going to do later on. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm a pretty high-energy, forward-moving. This staff is incredible, incredible staff, high-energy, uh, always looking at how they can uh, develop ministries to impact people's lives. And so uh, in saying that, as we moved into getting the start, and God God so blessed when he brought together the team that uh, is putting together the third service that he made that easier than I had anticipated for me. And then uh, we started talking about Christmas, and he's far exceeding what I ever thought that we could accomplish yeah. uh, by using people that are here. So uh, I, I think I was fast moving and happened to keep I have to move very fast just to keep up with the staff and what's going on around here. Yeah. And that excites me, too, because I'm not the kind of person that wants to sit around and, and do nothing. Yeah. Thank you, Dale. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing a little bit this morning. Um, <laughs> folks, again, I, I, a little bit different service. And again, maybe not quite what you were anticipating when you came here this morning. But, but when we stop and think about how absolutely critical worship is to our life, uh, and obviously the, the church plays a role in that, and, and our worship leader plays a role in that. I felt like it was important that we just take a breath, stop and think about worship for a moment. I hope you're, I hope you're thinking about it all week long, uh, understanding where, what a worship leader is doing and, and where he's seeking to grow individually, where he's seeking to grow 
uh, our family and, and how we do that. hope you're thinking about all these things as you live this week. I hope you're thinking about that as you walk through the door next Sunday. Because our God is worthy of worship. And if we're thinking about how we can get somewhere faster or do anything better here at Colonial Heights Baptist, it's that above all else. We'd get better and better and better at seeing the greatness of God, at exalting the name of Christ and letting our community and the world around us see the great God we serve. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. And God, we need your help to worship you rightly. God, our greatest sin is we worship ourselves. Our greatest sin is that we, we spend so much of our lives trying to prove the worthiness of myself. And to get people around us to see just how worthy we are. Let us see, there, there is no life in that. Our life is in seeing the magnification of you. Our worth and value is in helping others see the magnification of you. Lord, I pray that, that this church is a place that continually exalts Christ. Whether it's in a conversation in the concourse or a song we're singing in here or a, a lesson being taught in Bible fellowship or uh, helping a child memorize a, a, a verse. God, may everything that goes on in this place exalt and lift high the name of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for bringing Dale to us. You gave us such a uh, a great person in the person of Scott. And not, not just in what he did and, and who he was, but God, in, in doing that for such a long time. So many churches are not blessed with that kind of longevity. And yet, Lord, you, you have called this church to open a new chapter and begin a new journey in this, in this area of worship. And I, I am thankful for those words of Dale that at least in our church, he had a chance to come and, and do that with a place that was already strong, already healthy. And uh, Lord, I just pray for your anointing on him as he as he guides, as he leads. Would you give him wisdom for he makes right decisions, good decisions at the right moments, at the right time. And Lord, I pray that through him we do see your greatness. That God, through him, we leave this room and we see your greatness in in everything that we're doing. Lord, people could leave here with all kinds of different experiences Sunday in and Sunday out. But if they've not seen you, if they've not seen how worthy you are of their faith and trust, we have failed. So God, I pray, I pray that, that that's what's happening in this place. And that's the opportunity people have when they leave here each Sunday. God, may this be a place of worship. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.